Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Mariner's Pod back for one final time in the 2021 season. Thanks so much for being here, and thanks so much for being here all season long. There's a lot that we're going to talk about in the final edition, the final regular season edition of the podcast of Mariner's Pod. We'll hear from Scott Service, uh, also Kyle Seeger after his send-off at T-Mobile Park. We'll hear from Jared Kelnick as well coming up. We had a conversation with Assistant General Manager Justin Hollander before the final game, so we'll get to that as well. Just a lot of wrapping up what turned out to be the final game of the 2021 season for the Mariners. Uh, an amazing ride, a sudden end. It took me actually a couple of days to kind of collect my thoughts on everything that took place because it was such a sudden end. It was a season, of course, you know, we did not travel on radio. We did all the broadcasts from our home booth, but we were, were going to for the postseason. So, you know, I got to the ballpark early that morning, dropped off my bag, and you know, I, it just felt like we were going somewhere. Whether it was, Bo- there's so many scenarios, Boston or Toronto or New York, but it, it felt like, uh, what could have been a very wild week because you win, you move on to New York or wherever else would have been the next spot and then Tampa after that. But it, and it was just such a sudden end to what was such a wild ride. But I want to thank you for being with us for the course of this season. And I always appreciate you and your interactions. I mean, it's why I do this. It's why the podcast exists for you and the interactions that we have, which I, I really appreciate. I was thinking about it too, and I think I'll start with this. Uh, I think I'll probably make some tweaks to the podcast next season. I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like yet, but this is the time I, I really could use your feedback on what you like, what you don't like, what you would like to see more of, less of, uh, just in terms of what it looks like, uh, how often, uh, your favorite aspects of it, you know, everything, any suggestions. Uh, Again, this is your show. Do it for you. Uh, the feedback really helps. Just uh, kind of how I'm thinking about it. Because it used to be kind of a daily recap with interviews. It, this last season was three days a week. And I guess my questions are, do you like the daily recap? I love the conversations. That's my favorite part. So I kind of lean towards that and maybe less recap. Unless you're telling me that, you want the recap every day, 
Would you want a recap only after wins or is three days a week enough? Do you like the interviews, the conversations more? So anything along those lines will be help as I always kind of, kind of reshape and tweak the podcast as we move, as we move forward. So I think, I hope you're with me that I'm very excited about what next year in the future will bring. And I'm excited about the podcast being here for that and the excitement as well. So uh, any feedback that you want to give me, I certainly appreciate it. Mariners pod at Mariners.com is a great place to send all the feedback. Again, Mariners pod at Mariners.com. And you can reach me there anytime. And I appreciate it. Uh, I read everything. I can't always get back to everyone, but I do read everything. So I really appreciate all the feedback and your listenership throughout the course of the season. It was very, very much appreciated. So the Mariners went into the final game with hope. As it turned out, it didn't matter because the Yankees and Red Sox both uh, won their ball games. Mariners lost theirs anyway, but as it turned out, even if they had won, it would not have mattered. They would not have made it, but it was such a, a an amazing end of the season, a great September as they gave themselves a real opportunity to pry themselves into the postseason. Uh, we'll get to Scott's service right away. Here's what he was talking about after the final loss to the Angels as the season was over. Of course, final game. Uh, I apologize for taking a little while to get on here. Opportunity to get the team together and, and talk to them a little bit and talk to some other guys individually. But, uh, wow, you know, what a season. What a season for the Mariners uh, and, and our group really taking a huge step forward organizationally and, and where we're at and, and our future is very, very bright here. Uh, I say all that and it doesn't uh, – we're still very disappointed um, today to get that close and to not kind of, you know, cross the finish line and, and, and break through into the playoffs. Um, you know, you always look back, there's a game here, a game there, but then I quickly remind I, myself that we won, won plenty of games. We probably shouldn't have won. You know what I mean? So does it all balance out? You know, when you come up a game short, it, it certainly hurts, but, uh, uh, you know, just talking to the players, so proud of, of, uh, getting the opportunity and the privilege to lead this group. Um, it's a group that has really, uh, I think, clearly defined itself on what we value and what our process looks like going forward. And that's not going to change. You know, we'll continue to add talented players um, and guys that can do some different things on the baseball field. And, and uh, I think, you know, the, the highlight of the weekend for me, first of all, is getting 40,000 people in T-Mobile Park and, and feeling the energy um, that they brought is uh, tremendous, not only for our team and organization, but I think the whole community. Uh, baseball's back in Seattle. We didn't get over, like I said, we didn't get across the finish line, but I think everybody sees where we're headed. And um, I'm really excited to see that many people jump on the bandwagon with us because it's going to be a fun ride. So, again, we can talk. I'll take your questions. I can go all day about this group, but go ahead if anybody's got any questions. Scott, just how emotional was this entire past week? I mean, obviously, with the crowd that's here, and you touched on it just now, but, you know, Mitch's night last night and then Kyle today, just can you kind of walk us through how emotional it's been? Yeah, it, it really has. Uh, <laughs> it's been uh, uh, quite a ride, and I think, you know, when, when you have the kind of support that we got from our fan base here the last few days, it just hypes the emotion, um, you know, of the moment. And, and, you know, it's the big games. It's the big rallies. 
It's certainly, you know, the, the, the Kyle Seeger moment today at the end of the game. There's things that you'll remember for a long, long time, and you never forget them. You know, we might not ever remember the score of today's game, but you'll certainly remember, you know, some of the moments. And, and certainly, you know, with Sieg's walking off the field there, um, it's a fantastic season. It really was. Um, and certainly the last three or four weeks here when, you know, everybody counted us out, we just kept winning ball games, finding different ways to do it. Uh, we did it by not trying too hard. We just go play, have fun, trust each other and, and what we're doing, and it worked out pretty well. Scott, you talked about just getting better every day. Can you measure how much this team has gotten better and some of these players have gotten better from day, from game one to 162? I mean, we'd be able to tell that right away or we'll see it down the road. Well, I think we saw it play out through the course of the season, and, and I can remember in I mean, my opening talk in spring training, I talked about doesn't matter, get better. And at that point, I, I said, you know, we'll talk about position players or a pitcher. What are the seven, eight, 10, 12 things you do every day when you come to the ballpark? Whether it's, you know, it's your stretching routine, it's in the weight room, it's in the cage work, it's your, it's your PFPs, it's your ability to throw strike one, whatever it is. Can you get just 1% better in every one of those areas? And if every guy would do that, what might it look like by the end of the year? Okay, and, and that's, I guess... If you ultimately want to judge it, it's judged by the fact that we won 90 games. So you take that 1% in all these different areas that all these different players brought, and it meant a lot, and it added up to a lot. Because I would have <laughs> I bet a lot, a lot of people uh, you know, coming into this season that we had no chance in hell of winning 90 games, and we did. And we almost won 91. So um, you know, that 1%, a little bit better in everything you do. And it's not just baseball. It's anything you do in life, you know. Um, it, it does add up. It does mean a lot. Hey, Scott, even though you guys were down today, down early, and you come back and you get a couple runs back, which was pretty critical uh, given the start, it, it sort of felt like you guys were just always on that cusp of kind of breaking through there. Do you kind of have that sense as well? I do, Corey. I even felt down seven to two, I believe it was. We had the bases loaded. Uh, you know, JP hits the, the one hopper right at Fletcher. They don't turn the double play, but then when we got, um, uh, you know, France coming up and we just weren't able to get the big hit today, uh, you know, and you need a, a few breaks when you're down in the game like that, you're going to need a few things to go your way. And, uh, just, just wasn't meant to be, um, but it's not for lack of effort or anything like that. And, you know, give the angels credit, you know, they came in here and really had, didn't have a whole lot to play for. Uh, they played us pretty tough. You know, you go back to the series and certainly Friday, Friday night hurt. You know, losing the two to one game and we had opportunities. Uh, we let that one get away from us a little bit. Scott, was it tough to see Tyler kind of struggle today? I mean, he'd been such a warrior for you in the short and start before that. Yeah, it, it was. You're always hoping everybody can can finish with a, a flurry, you know, go out on top, so to speak, or whatnot. But you could kind of tell right away just that he wasn't commanding the ball. The ball didn't have a lot of zip. Certainly, Otani jumped on him early. Um, and, and, you know, they got a couple softer hits in there, but they hit him, you know, and, and it was. One of those days really early on where we were going to have to unload the bullpen and try to mix and match and put it together. And, you know, we hung in there. I think, you know, the, the, the two strike or the two out and two strike uh, runs they added, you know, the Walsh home run off of Miz um, and then the late single. Um, I don't remember who blooped it. In. I think it was Fletcher um, for that add on run. Those hurt, you know, when you're down a game early like that, you got to put zeros up there. And we had two outs. We had two strikes. We just couldn't put them away. Scott, you've talked over the last few weeks about, 
you know, how, how big these games are for the team, you know, for experience going into next year and the years, you know, ahead of that. But it also, it also just seemed like they had so much fun out there, you know, over this stretch, you know, these, for a lot of these guys, these are the biggest games they've ever played in. I mean, did you get the same? Absolutely. Um, that they will take this experience and it'll benefit them for many years to come. And it'll also help in the off season, you know, when you're, so I get up and work out today. So I really want to do this extra exercise today or, or go lift weights at seven 30 in the morning. You know what, when you think back on where we were at game, you know, 162, it's worth it. And it does make a difference um, because that's when you really make improvements in this game is in the off season, your body gets completely healthy. You can make some adjustments, whether what you're doing, pitching wise, hitting wise, whatnot. So, um, you know, we'll stay on our guys, stay in touch with them all off season. Um, they all have their their offseason plans. They'll get that out to them here in the next week or so and start building towards towards next year because our future is very, very bright here. Scott, do you think you've established kind of the culture of how you do things now? I mean, it's game 162. You guys were on late last night. You're back out there. You're doing your ground balls. It's every day, no matter what. Kind of like you set the expectation level of how you're supposed to be as a Seattle Mariner when it comes to preparation. No question. No question about it. We, we have, uh, that's the two things I said it in pregame and I said it to the team. The two things that'll stand out for me with this club going forward is how we prepare and the, I guess the, the consistency of that preparation is so important. You don't just do it when you feel good. You don't just do it when the team's doing good. You do it every day and you stay consistent with that along with how resilient we were. Um, as I talked with the team, you know, we go back to where we were on May 23rd. You know, and I talked to our whole group just about this a few minutes ago when we had a team meeting on May 23rd. We just lost six in a row. We just had a COVID outbreak. How was our season looking? Not real good. And at that point, we had to look at each other, look in the mirror and look at each other. And we had to pull together as a group. And we did. And there's something to be said for that, that the, the tightness, the, the brotherhood, the bond, whatever you want to call it that is developed from that. It stays with you. It doesn't leave. It's not going to go away. So um, that's exciting for me, you know, as we go forward uh, with this young Scott, group. you created a tremendous asset out of the bullpen all season long. How difficult was it to manage that winning so many tight games down the stretch, knowing you still had to keep people ready for maybe even extra games coming up this week? Uh, it certainly has challenges, Art, but um, I think, you know, for me, it's not just me. I have a group of people around me, a coaching staff, a uh, uh, you know, uh, strategist, uh, the data, the data people, you know, so we have a really close knit group. And it's one thing that we do really well organizationally is we listen, we trust each other. We let everybody, uh, get involved and have an opinion. At the end of the day, I have to make the decisions, but I, I lean on those people a lot. I'm smart enough to know what I don't know and, and, and trust others to get better. Because just like I'm telling our players, you know, it doesn't matter good, better. It also applies to myself. And, and I think I did get better, you know, throughout the year. And luckily, we've got players to do it with. Guys stepped up. They pitched great. Uh, they were very resilient. And uh, they, they gave me options, really good options to, to work that bullpen through. And it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot this year. Scott, you're obviously very proud of this team and optimistic about the future. But is there, is there one area or something you think you guys need to improve on to, to get you over the hump? and to, to get you to the next level? There's no question, Matt. Uh, it's a good question. We need to get better offensively. There's no question about it. We certainly struggled early in the season. And the reason we were able to put this phenomenal run together on uh, the month of September is because our offense became much more consistent up and down the lineup. We saw the, you know, what, what Jared Kelnick was able to add when he got going. 
Uh, you know, we just had a number of guys chip in offensively. So that's the one area that we do need to get better at, uh, you know, more consistent offense. And you can't just rely on one or two guys every night. Scott, you mentioned resiliency a bunch of times. And among your young guys, Jared probably had the most challenging year. Can you quantify just what what this year means to him, having to overcome what he did in the closing? Yeah, it's a good question, Tim. I think, you know, when you see young players and you see them maturing and growing, that's exciting. I've often talked that's the most uh, the thing I like best about this job. Um, But there's a lot of pain along the way and you feel for young players. And I know when Jared first got to the big leagues with us, you know, he got off to a rough start. There was the expectations were so high and he was grinding and trying so hard um, to be able to unplug him, let him go back to, to Tacoma and then see him come back as a, a much more mature player. And he still got his moments <laughs> where he gets frustrated and he wants to break every bat he sees and everything else, but it's gotten a heck of a lot better. Not just from, you know, conversations, but his teammates holding him accountable. Um, he's learned a ton. Um, so I think, you know, showing up in spring training day one next year, I know he's going to be big as a house. He'd be working out all off season. He'll be ready to roll. Uh, but more importantly, it's what he learned mentally and how to handle you know, the failures in this game, it's really what separates, you know, the great players in this game. Scott, when did you know you were going to do that for Seager? And, and can you just talk about the consistency this guy's shown for an entire career with Mariners? Yeah, I think, you know, as the games on, on, are playing out, uh, I saw the Yankees put the one one nothing score up there. So <laughs> that one went away. So you're tracking the Boston game. And uh, when I saw that they had taken the lead, I just – had somebody from the clubhouse say, let me know when it's a final. Um, you know, I didn't know when that was going to happen, but as soon as I found out it was a final and knowing that he may not get in at bat um, in the final inning for us, I thought it was the right thing to do. And, and I certainly know that, that he appreciated it. Uh, you know, I've said it many times, what Kyle for me has brought, he's, he's brought consistency and the, the ability to write his name in the lineup every day. And I think a lot of our players learned that from him. I know J.P. Crawford has, you know, Mitch Hanniger is going to play 150, whatever he did, six, seven games. Uh, Ty France played almost every game this year, except, you know, the 10 days he was out or whatever. So um, players seeing that and understanding the value of that. If you want to get numbers, you want to put up numbers in this game, you got to play. You got to play every day. And, you know, it's hard to do that physically and mentally. And, and that's what Kyle's been able to do, you know, since he's been a Mariner. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One of the things I'm grateful for in the last ball game is that Boston was able to win in time to make it known that it was over and it provided uh, provided the opportunity for fans to say goodbye to Kyle Seeger. Um, best third baseman in franchise history. I think he'll be a Mariners Hall of Famer. Yeah, 11 years with the club. Never had a chance to go to the postseason, which I was hoping for would happen this year. I, I was hoping more than anything that the playoffs would happen this year for you, for the fans. That's what I was hoping for the most. I, I just I wanted it so bad for the fans, and it would have been pretty sweet to see Kyle Seeger in there as well. 
but it did give the opportunity for the fans to give Kyle Seeger a send-off. We'll see what happens in the offseason, but it certainly felt like a goodbye from Seeger and the fans at T-Mobile Park. And here's what Kyle had to say after the game. I'm just, you know, unbelievably grateful to, you know, the people and the fans and, you know, the Mariners. It's, it was, um, it was, it was special. Did you have any inclination that something might, like this might happen here today or during any sort of final potential game for you here in Seattle? Well, I mean, genuinely hoping it wouldn't, right? Genuinely hoping that, uh, you know, the other two games, we get a couple losses for us and then, you know, we go ahead and win. So that was the, uh, that was the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to go out on, you know, a win. So, I mean, that would have been, you know, that would have been great. But, you know, when um, we get eliminated there in that ninth inning, that was, that was pretty special. I remember being really, you know, pretty, pretty choked up and emotional for Felix. And then, you know, when it was, you know, when it was for me, obviously that was, that was pretty special. Uh, Kyle, when you see your teammates have tears in their eyes, you know, you're, you got tears in your eyes and your teammates have tears in your eyes. What does that say to you? Does that like validate all the time you've spent with them and all the kind of the journey? with? Yeah. I mean, the pollen was really bad out there today. I think the allergies were just getting everybody going. There was a bad breeze blowing right in. It was, it was a tough day out there. I mean, it, it, yeah, it does. It really does. You know, I've, um, you know, I've tried to help. I've tried to, you know, be productive. Obviously try to play well and, you know, I've I've tried to help, you know, the younger guys and, you know, I want everybody to do well and, you know, I want the Mariners to do well. I want, you know, I want to win. Right. So when, um, you know, when you guys, guys getting choked up and, you know, start talking about, you know, the impact that that I've had, it it means a lot to me. It, It really does. And, you know, JP kind of got me boohooing real early on that one, so that was that was a tough for me for the rest of the way. How would you rate your son's first pitch? I mean, you're going to sign a contract or anything like that? Uh, you know what? I um, you know, just got to see them and everybody, and he was he was pretty upset that he bounced it. So the you know the arm strength was good, but you know he he was pretty upset that he bounced it. He uh he he's funny. He he's so nervous going out there. He was. He was uh, the throw wasn't what made him nervous. It was just the walking out there. He didn't he didn't know what to do. He's like, you know, should I run? Should I walk? How do I do this? You know, so it, it's it was a, it was a really really special moment to have with my son there, and it, it was um, you know the whole day. It, it really was special. Uh, what's the feeling? What are your feelings when you look back on the season? Is it frustration that you guys came up short? It was like, hey, we made a hell of a run. We got a lot to be proud of. Um, a little bit of both. What's your, what's your take on it? No, I mean, I think if you um, – I'm not going to look back on this season with any sort of negativity. I mean, it was a special – it was a special run we went on. It was a special group. We came up short, obviously, right? But it wasn't for, um, you know, a lack of caring. It wasn't for a lack of work. You know, the the guys in that clubhouse, you know, the guys on this team, they really, really – we really fed off each other, you know. It wasn't it wasn't a team where we were just you know more talented than the other team every single day. But you know, you had a group that just collectively played together and they collectively tried to win every single night. And you know, you can go through it and look at all the you know the different heroes that came out every single game. I mean, it was it was special. I mean, the whole the whole dynamic of it, the whole makeup that was that was one of the tightest groups of you know tightest teams you know I've ever been a part of.
Kyle, as much as Scott coming out to get you, man, what was it like when you heard the, the crowd start chanting your name kind of organically on its own even before that point and when, when you started to hear that coming down? Yeah, when we, um, when we went out there for the, for the ninth, um, I just saw Boston had taken the lead. So that wasn't, you know, great, obviously. But we, um, we were sitting out there and, you know, it kind of hit me a little bit that, you know, this may, you know, be the end of it and, you know, maybe coming, coming to a close. And, um, you know, I heard a couple of chants over and I, I did, I started to, you know, I started getting emotional and, you know, I tried to kind of, you know, wave and, you know, show my appreciation. And that kind of made it worse to be honest with you, because then I just started getting more emotional. So, and they kept getting louder on me. So that was, it, it was, it was really special when I, when I saw, you know, skip calling time and, you know, I saw Donnie run into the end of the dugout, you know, I kind of started, uh, you know, tearing up pretty good at that point. And then, you know, when he walked out, there was really no stopping me at that point. I was, I was pretty, pretty much a mess. I got to ask this. What, what do you think your legacy is as a Mariner after 11 seasons? Um, yeah, you, you got me twice for this question. That's a tough one. I, um, I, I want, I want to be somebody that, that came to work every single day, absolutely did his best, competed, you know, and, you know, not only tried to help myself, but help others and, you know, try to help everybody get better and make this team, you know, better off. I don't know. That's a tough question. One of the most encouraging aspects, I think, to this season, especially playing this forward into the future, was how Jared Kelnick ended the season. He had a really nice September uh, when you look at his final, I don't know, 29 games of the season, seven home runs, six doubles, uh, a triple in that stretch, uh, strikeout rate went down, hard hit rate went up, uh, batted near 250 in that stretch, a 330 on base percentage. Uh, he really made some strides during the course of the season, which was great to see and something I, I think you feel really good about moving forward. Here's what Jared Kelnick said after the final uh, game of the season they've they've cheered him on they they welcomed him to Seattle and if this is his last game here they're they're saying goodbye and thank you for everything that he's done and and that's hard because like he's an amazing guy and even a better teammate and what he's done for me and my buddy Cal and the younger guys um is something that like you you guys can't see it on a daily basis because you're not in the locker room and you're not playing, you're not his teammate. And that that's the hardest thing to see go. You kind of just touched on it, but, you know, at various points this season when you were maybe in some struggles, how did he help you get through that? I, you know, he just broke things down uh, uh, the way, you know, it sounds weird, but like as a parent would, and me being super young and not really knowing any better about just Major League Baseball, um, when to me it seemed like such a big deal, you know, to see it, it wasn't. And he would break it down why. And that, that's what us younger guys need. And, and he knew that. And he knew how to do it very well. Jared, how much does these last three games play? 40,000 fans motivate you as you go in the offseason, working out, 
you're hitting, you're thinking, how do you use this, thinking about this, thinking about the feeling of not going to the postseason? Yeah, you know, I know it's going to sting for a while, um, this loss, or, yeah, just not getting to the postseason uh, this year. But I know that, kind of like you mentioned, um, it's not going to be something I'll ever forget. And I hope that all those fans that came out, that's something that they don't forget either because uh, that vibe out on that field and that vibe in the clubhouse uh, was something that is not even describable. And it's all because of them out there. You know, they, they brought that energy. Um, the last three nights have been unbelievable. And I couldn't thank them enough for coming out and supporting us because, man, without without them, who knows what would have happened. Jared, this was your first experience with the full house, like it's been, and it, it used to be here. Did you have a, kind of a holy shit moment when uh, <laughs> the intensity and the energy of the place really kind of over, was overwhelming? Um, yeah, I think – I think I was more um, I was more appreciative of the whole thing because we have a, such an amazing group out there and in this clubhouse and to see all those fans show up and support each and every one of those guys um, that that meant a lot to me and because we we have busted our tail each and every night and the run that we've been on the last three weeks has been you know, amazing. And to see, to see a glimpse of that was like, I mentioned something I'll never forget. Jared, how much do you think you improved this season as a baseball player? And what are you taking to the off season as your biggest motivation or what you say, I want to get better at? Uh, you know, I think this year was, it was going to be a, a huge learning curve. And, um, I was, there's a lot of things that you could pull from me. There's a lot of negative things. There's a, a lot of positive things. Um, but I know for me going into the off season, I'm going to spend a lot of time. Um, I'm definitely going to take a step away for a little bit and take a break. But when I take a, that step away, um, I'm going to be rethinking everything that I learned this year. And then when it's time to go to work in the weight room and it's time to go to work in the cage, uh, I'm going to apply everything that I find value in to help make me better. And I know that next season um, I'm going to be way better than I was this year. And I, there's, I know there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to outwork anybody's expectations. And at the end of the day, that's all I can do. Hey Jared, you spent so much time with these guys um, in the clubhouse on the field, and they're going to enter a stretch here where you're four or so months without really being around these guys. What are you going to miss most? Is it the camaraderie? Is it the connection and the bond that you've really forged with this group? Yeah, you know, it's kind of just like everyone says, uh, you're a family. And you, I, I see them more than I see my parents. I see them more than I see my girlfriend. Um, my brother and sister. And even when I have stuff going on in my life, I go to those guys and they're there for you. And there's nothing, 
stronger than going to war with someone out on a, on a baseball field, you know, that brings you closer. The things that you experience, um, you know, Mitch Hanniger, for instance, uh, I feel like I've, I've gotten a lot closer with him ever since I've been here because of, uh, you know, what him and I have gone through together out in the outfield and learning together and, um, just working together has brought us, uh, closer as teammates and, um, that's what I'm going to miss the most is not, not having, being distant for a little bit. Um, but it is what it is. You had a chance before the game to catch up with one of our favorites, assistant general manager, Justin Hollander, who always gives us such great insights. So some, just keep that in mind when you hear this conversation, some of it about the season that we just saw, some of it uh, going into that game uh, with all possibilities still on the table at that point. So just keep that in mind when you listen to this. But I think it's it's worth it when you hear Justin's thoughts on the season. Justin, man, first of all, it's great to see you. How are you? Great to see you. Sorry you missed yesterday. I know, I know. I'm thrilled to be back. Uh, this place is going to be hopping again. I got to know, man, you are, you are so invested <laughs> in this team. You are side-by-side side with Jerry every day. But uh, were you able to put the fan hat on a little bit last night when you were watching that game? Oh, completely. Uh, I The last two nights, and you know, this is my 15th year, those are the two best environments I've ever been in. And you know, I've worked for teams that have been in the ALCS. I've been to the playoffs multiple times. Our fans are ready to erupt. It has been awesome, and my fan hat is fully on right now. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing else I can do right now but cheer, so I am doing that. Okay, describe the moment that that ball off Hanniger's bat went into left field. What were you doing? How did you react to that? So I was sitting in our box with Jerry and Andy McKay and Tim Stanton. My kids and my wife were actually next door, but I was too nervous to sit with them. Um, so I ran next door and gave high fives and hugs to everybody. I picked my son up. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, we made two fans for life. I know that for sure. Um, but it was incredible. The what you know, It was perfect for Mitch. Uh, yeah. to have been the person who got that hit in that game. I think that Scott called it the Hanneker game after the game last night. Um, what an awesome night to have and a capstone of the made the biggest hit in a long time for the Mariners. Incredible. Hey, you go to the winter meetings this year, and you're sitting down with somebody at dinner from another team, an opposing executive, and they say to you, Justin, man, that team of yours last year, how did that happen? <laughs> what do you say? Um I think my best answer to this is we do have good players. I know there's a narrative out there that we've sprinkled some sort of pixie dust on everybody and, you know, we, we miracles happen and chaos ball and all that. And some of that is true. Some of that there's been unusual ways in which we've won games. Um, but you look around the diamond at, you know, Ty and JP and Mitch and Kyle Seeger, um, what we've gotten from Jared Kelnick in September, our bullpen all year long. Marco Gonzalez and Logan Gilbert and Chris Flexen have been three of the best pitch starting pitchers in the American League since the All-Star break, and T.A. has been awesome since the acquisition uh, from Pittsburgh. We have good players, um, and when good players combine with belief, I think that's what we're seeing. But it is not some magical front office pixie dust. If I had it, I would use it every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's what stands out, too, when, when I reflect on this year so far. It, it's not like everything has gone perfectly. It's not like everything has gone to plan. You have had a lot of depth that has had to overcome a lot of things that didn't necessarily go your way. Kyle Lewis injury, go down the list. That was the first thing that I thought of, and I've, I've watched Kalu out on the top step the, few, yeah. the last few nights, and 
uh, it's a huge bummer that he hasn't been able to be a part of this. And it would obviously, it, it took a lot for us to overcome that mm-hmm. loss. He's a huge part of what we have done and what we're going to do going forward. Justin Hollander, Mariners assistant general manager, is our guest. Just a couple more minutes. He's got to scoot off to a meeting here on Mariners Sunday Magazine. When you look at this team and what they've been able to do, it is so hard to gauge a manager's role in a Major League Baseball team, right? Like we have the debate every once in a while, how many wins is a manager worth? The best manager to the worst manager, and it's it's impossible. What do you put Scott Service's value onto this team? It's it's been it's not just his value and his decision making, but his inclusiveness with his major league staff, with a front office, with an analytics group, um, with the players. It's you know it's not just I feel this guy should hit second, so I'm going to write the lineup out and hit him second. It's the way in which you use all the resources around you. You never really know until you work with someone. I guess everyone will just have to take my word for it. He has to be the manager of the year this year. He's done such a phenomenal job. Um, I I have no words for the impact that uh, he has brought to our club this year. On the field, off the field, in our preparation, in our competitive spirit, he has just been uh, He's the manager of the year. Are you are you wearing the same clothes that you wore yesterday? I am not. I am not. I actually had a sport coat on yesterday, the one that I own. <laughs> the Meyer League Awards last night. Oh, that's so, right. Um, when we garg on for six days, you will see this hooded sweatshirt a lot over the next six days, I hope. You know, I was talking to Scott the other day about the symmetry between the front office, analytics, coaching staff, and players. Because when I look at this team and what has happened this year, it, it's not an accident, in my opinion, that you see – Seawald and Sadler and Steckenrider and Flexen and all these developmental success stories. How do you see the symmetry between everything working in concert? There's just a lot of trust right now. Um, There's not silos. There's not a lot of people who think of themselves as part of a department. I think everyone in baseball operations thinks of themselves as in Mariners baseball operations. And we all have voices that can contribute. And there's never anyone who thinks that their voice is more valuable than the others. We're just all contributing to what we hope is a good process every night. Um, and that starts with, with Jerry and Scott. Uh, the way that we, they have melded the groups and Andy McKay in player development and our scouting directors, Frankie Thon and Scott Hunter. Like, again, it's, it's about the Mariners. It's not about any one individual's lens or opinion is more important than any others, maybe except for Jerry. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it has been, this is the most together I've ever seen a group, and that's on the field and that's off the field. It's, it's been awesome, and I know that will carry forward. Hey, we think of you as part of the broadcast crew. Justin. That means so much, especially after the soft pretzel incident in spring training. So. <laughs> Hey, nobody can can crush down a soft pretzel like my man Holland. Yeah, Should I have one today for luck? Yes. I, mean, I, w- I would say eat anything you ate yesterday and a soft pretzel. I ate everything yesterday <laughs> during, the, during the game. I think I was like two cookies, some chicken tenders, uh, trail mix, you name it. Awesome. A bunch of sodas. I was I was wired by the time I well, got that's, here. That's not the Jerry diet, I can tell you that much. Definitely not. He, <laughs> he was nibbling on a salad. So. And finally, that's it. Yeah, I'm... And I really hope this time next year that in a podcast today at this exact date that we are previewing a division series or a playoff series or recapping a wild card game or just something so fun. I just I can't wait for that day that we're all celebrating a Mariners postseason series and a Mariners postseason win and dreaming about the things that can come down the road. And I hope that this season was a first step uh, towards that or a step towards that. And it was such an exciting year, an unexpected year 
Uh, 90 wins is a, a really nice total, an impressive total, especially given the expectations. But uh, I just hope it's on the front end of very exciting window of Seattle Mariners baseball. And I'm very optimistic it is, and I can't wait for the future. And I can't wait to celebrate the future with you with uh, many, many more podcasts to come and radio broadcasts and, and everything else. So I certainly appreciate you and your listenership and being here day after day and year after year. And I will look forward to talking to you from time to time this off season. The podcast won't go completely quiet. I'll take some time off, but well, some interviews along the way and hot stove will get cooking too, uh, coming up in December, but we'll have some stuff before that as well. So again, feel free to reach out anytime. Mariners pod at Mariners.com. And until then, have a really great off season and we'll talk to you really soon.